Hey everyone, and welcome back to this week's episode of SVN On The Go. I'm Julian Banuelos. And I'm Garrick Weir. Thank you for joining us for this episode of SVN On The Go, a bi-weekly podcast for commercial real estate professionals and leveraging the power of SVN's unique platform. Today, we're sitting down with former Managing Director of the Year and all-around SVN legend, Matt Stone, CCIM and MBA. Matt's the Managing Director of SVN Stone Commercial Real Estate out of Lexington, Kentucky. He personally oversees the day-to-day operations of the company, brokerage of commercial investment properties and user properties, as well as property management. He's also done consulting work with banks and private investors to help with property evaluation for distressed loan purchasing, workouts, REO disposition, and general opinion of value. Matt and his team continue to excel in investment sales, leasing, property management, and bookkeeping for all asset classes throughout Central Kentucky. Prior to SVN, Matt served on staff in Lexington with Young Life. He is currently involved at Southland Christian Church and other nonprofit ministries and organizations around the country and in Lexington. Matt is an avid golfer, runner, and also enjoys spending time and traveling with his wife, son, and two daughters. Thanks for joining us today, Matt. First and foremost, we just want to say thank you for taking the time out of your busy schedule to record with us today. And even more so, we want to wish you a happy birthday's eve. The big 4-0 coming up tomorrow, so happy early birthday, brother. Congratulations on making it this far. Wow, it feels a little bit crazy, but thank you very much, and I'm excited to talk with you guys. Absolutely, absolutely. We're really happy to have you here. So uh, getting started off, uh, we just wanted to know a little bit about yourself and how you got started in commercial real estate. Sure. I got involved with uh, a nonprofit Christian ministry called Young Life back when I graduated University of Kentucky with my undergrad. I did that for four years. And then I went back to school and got a full time, or I did a full time degree getting an MBA uh, in my graduate work again at the University of Kentucky. And when I was finishing that, I was thinking about different options and what I might do. I got involved with some groups and I started thinking about sports marketing, sports management, different things like that. And it seemed like doors just weren't opening in that field and it wasn't working out. Uh, a guy who was our board of directors chair named Jeff Yeary had actually bought the SVN franchise, which I didn't know that at the time. Looking back now, I know. But he had bought that franchise um, for Central and Eastern Kentucky and right here in Lexington. He asked me to come meet with him, talk to him a little bit about real estate and try to understand kind of where I was headed next as I finished up my master's degree. And as I talked with him, um, I didn't really understand a whole lot about real estate. And so I thought he was, I didn't do much research on it. He just pulled me to, pulled me in and I started talking about, you know, residential. And uh, I said, I don't know much, but, you know, I bought a house. And he said, well, we're not talking about residential here. This is all commercial. So got involved hearing him talk about shopping centers, warehouses, office buildings, et cetera, hotels and everything. And I was really clueless on that. And I told him that. And I said, I really don't know much about this stuff, but it sounds interesting and I said, you know, wh- you know, why do you think that I'd be good at this? And he said, well, I, I think you're good with math. Uh, I was a math major. And then in addition to that, I'd gotten the MBA. And he said, and you're good with people, that you're kind of a relational guy. And that's what I've come to know you as uh, kind of being in the board of tre- directors role with you. And so he invited me uh, to continue to consider doing commercial real estate and getting my license. And I started talking to him about what that might look like, um, you know, if there was an opportunity. And he said, yeah, there is. So come on with me. And I said, great. You know, what, what does that look like from a salary standpoint? And he said, there's no salary. It's all commission. And I said, sounds terrible. Sign me up. So it was kind of one of those situations where, um, you know, you get into it, you don't really realize 
at the time. But, you know, the salaried position sounded like the good idea. But looking back, you know, the commission ended up being great um, as I reflect. Um, In all seriousness, though, my wife was amazing in that process because without her, I never would have been able to step into the situation that I was in. She had a job, you know, I'd worked for Young Life and only made uh, a small salary and we'd lived on that while she got her master's. And then fast forward, she then kind of came to me and said, hey, now that I've gotten through my master's and got a job, why don't you uh, go ahead and give this a shot, even though it's all commission, this is a chance for us to do this before we have kids, et cetera. And so she really um, gave me a lot of encouragement, just really felt, you know, blessed that I had somebody like her behind me. She believed in me probably more than I believed in myself. And uh, once I got past the first year, uh, we kind of said, let's try this for a year. Once I got past the first year, uh, realized that I'd made you know twice the salary that I'd made prior with Young Life, which again, wasn't a ton, but it was just that encouragement. I'd built a ton of relationships, had a pipeline that was starting to grow, had two mentors, um, you know, the guys who had taken over for Jeff by that point, um, which is kind of a whole different story than, than we'll have for today, but had two new guys that had taken over the franchise. And they ended up being great mentors to me. So I had all those things kind of going on within the first, you know, 12 to 16 months. And I felt like, man, this is exactly right where I am. And just felt like, um, you know, all signs pointed toward this is where God you know, had us and where he wanted us. So that was pretty fun. So that's how it kicked off. That was in uh, 2006 and seven. Wow. Yeah, that's a, that's a great story. Could you now, of course, you are the MD of Sweden Stone Commercial Real Estate. Um, could you elaborate how you kind of grew into that role? Because it sounds like you started out as an advisor. Yeah, I started out, you know, obviously truly from scratch, had no experience, didn't have, you know, family background or even really friend background in the commercial real estate industry, but started growing. As I mentioned, my first full year was 07, which was kind of the peak of the market in our world and most of the U.S. In 08, things were started out pretty strong, but got kind of crazy as we hit the downturn. And as I went through that, um, I, I continued on as an advisor for about eight years during that time. And as I continued to do that, my business continued to grow. And, you know, again, the CCIM piece kicked in during that season um, of those eight years. I I got more and more confident in my ability to build those relationships and advise clients and started to really build a book of business. Amidst that, I got an opportunity to, you know, start to build some property management into our company as well. And so that was helpful. And as I did all those things, the guys in my office uh, continued to get to the place where the, the two guys I mentioned, Steve Pulliam and John Bernal, they got to the place where they were wanting to kind of step back and and not grow things anymore. And they were admittingly saying that, like, we're excited what you're doing, but we don't know that we're the guys to kind of carry this on. And so would you like to consider doing that? And I, I was pretty overwhelmed, to be honest with you, first, because I felt like I was just getting to the point where I'd built my brokerage career, where I'd built the advising side, much less to start thinking about what it would look like to to take on some ownership in the company. Uh, but I was, you know, honored and I processed it, um, prayed through it, thought through it, uh, just asked for wisdom from my wife as well again and, um, and and from the Lord and just basically got into a place where uh, I had to check my heart and kind of say, is this really what I'm supposed to do or should I just continue on with the advisor side? Because many of the people listening might think, gosh, really growing my advisor business has taken a lot of time. And once you get it to a key point and things start rolling and the pipeline starts building, you almost don't want to slow that down or you feel like if you change something, maybe you'll, uh, you'll you'll take some steps backwards. So I felt like it was the right open door at the right time and really felt clearly that, you know, God showed me that it was his business and I was just supposed to steward that opportunity and walk through 
that. I'd been in a um, business Bible study called Compass Finances, and a guy named Howard Dayton had really encouraged me in that through from a distance and some of the guys he'd mentored here in town. And, you know, just really understood that there was an opportunity for me to walk into that. So I did that, started into that in 2015 as a partner. And Steve and John kind of said, hey, we want you to be a partner for a year and then we want you to just take it and run with it. And uh, again, very overwhelming, wasn't feeling like it was going to be easy, but I knew it was right. And uh, it wasn't, but Melissa in my office was willing to take on the role as well of office administrator. I'd gone to her, she was part-time with us and I'd said, hey, if I'm going to take this thing on, I'm really going to need help. And uh, she jumped in and said, I, you know, I'll come along for the ride and let's build this thing together. And so she's been a key person uh, to help me over the last three and a half, four years as we've done this. And, you know, I really couldn't have done all this without her, again, without my wife. And then, as you guys know, as you've gotten to know some of the guys in our office, just the team that God has built and that I get to help manage has been incredible. So that's that's been wild. It's been a, It's been a fun journey. And, you know, we're really just getting started in a lot of ways, but that's kind of how I transitioned from advisor over. I've continued to do advisor work and, uh, you know, just be a broker as well. So kind of like a player coach. So that's been interesting as I process that with Solomon and others uh, around the country that have been a part of my SVN elite team. They've been very helpful to kind of understand what it means to be the, you know, the managing director, but at the same time, understand what it means to continue to advise your clients and then just bring some of the newer guys into that process and have them help advise those clients as well. So um, it's been fun. I'm enjoying building the culture. And, you know, through through doing this, I, I really am convinced. And Julian, I know you got to come experience it a little bit, but I'm convinced that our culture is one of a kind. And I'm excited to see what these next chapters look like as we move ahead growing this thing. Yeah, I definitely could not agree more. And kind of on that topic, I had the chance to come visit your office and we have gotten the opportunity to get to meet uh, pretty much everybody on your team now, not only the advisors, but admin, everybody. Uh, Can you talk a little bit about with building that team, how important is it to get your guys to see how important it is to specialize in in something and then talk about your special specialization and how you kind of got into that? Sure. My my situation was that obviously when I got in, the guys were spe- the guys that I was mentored under Steve and John. They they were specializing more in investment sales, uh, as opposed to one specific product type. And so I started realizing that I could learn that from them, but also they were not taking on any leasing. So I really almost specialized more in leasing than anything, and that was mainly in office retail and industrial. And then I got involved in a few sales here and there, kind of along their coattails, and they sort of brought me in. But when the recession hit, that served me well because there wasn't a whole lot of um, sales going on. There was real difficulty finding the ability to get financing on a lot of these deals. There was developers going under, investment deals were struggling to be sold. People were holding on to good investments because they were fearful um, of what they would do with the money if they sold it. So all that to say, most of my work was in retail, office, and industrial. And we were in, you know, again, a tertiary market in Lexington. So a lot of times people are generalists over the years, but I still believed in specializing, just kind of the timing of when I got in and the guys I was mentoring under, my specialization was a little bit different in that. I think now uh, my thought pattern is a little bit more broad and I'm thinking more about the whole office and about being full service and what does that mean? Amidst the time where I was in that situation, leasing and everything, we came back out of the downturn and I loved the investment sales side from what I watched them do. And from at that point being a couple classes into my CCIM have now completed that. And that's been a part of my story as well 
in that I've started to use my CCIM, you know, for the overall office, but also for my clients and being able to serve well, you know, evaluating properties and, and doing that from the leasing angle, obviously, but especially in the investment side. Um, but again, my current specialization and how I coach my guys is I'm looking at the overall picture. And so I am talking to the different folks in our office about what does it look like for them to specialize. And they have done that more so than what I did, which has been really fun. Um, I know you guys know John Bunch and Nathan Dilley, and they're they're two of the younger guys and newer guys in the office. And both of them have been able to achieve some awards uh, here nationally with SVN, mainly through specialization. There's been some other a story within that, but the specialization has been a key piece to that. So I encourage them to do that because I think they learn the market faster. Um, they gain kind of the expertise that they need to be able to speak intelligibly in different conversations. And overall, I just think it gives them a more comfort level, more confidence as they walk into the room, knowing a specific product type uh, and being able to speak about that product type and have that knowledge. So it's been fun. Um, but yeah, now we're full service. We've got you know, full service property management. We do, you know, we've got a guy in the office that does hotels. We do multifamily. And then we obviously continue with the retail office and industrial like I've been focused on. Matt, you've obviously built a great team there in Lexington, Kentucky. Um, so what are some of the strategies you've been using to get your office to perform at such a high level? I know a lot of MDs share similar pain points. So maybe you can help out some of your peers in other markets. I think my strategy is similar to what you'll hear from many um, sales managers across the country, but I probably frame it a little bit differently. So I think I speak similarly in terms of this, um, you know, what I'm getting folks to do and, and, and what we're trying to accomplish, but I frame it in the way about relationships. And I really talk about that it's relationships over projects. And if they can focus on those relationships, sometimes those calls are more enjoyable when you start thinking about the people behind the call, as opposed to just trying to get to a listing or just trying to get to a sale and it all being about, you know, listings and selling and, you know, and making money. I think all of that will come as people build those relationships. It's just hard to buy into that sometimes on the front end when there's no dollars flowing in, obviously. So I'm just trying to show them what I've done and, and coach them that if they'll trust in this and, and we have a real team of trust, trust in this, that they ultimately will be there. Some In some instances, it'll take a little bit longer, but it has the chance to hold up for a longer period of time. So the first check might be slower than maybe other scenarios, but over time, it will grow and it will snowball and it will grow bigger and stronger and have a stronger foundation. So again, one, relationships over projects. Um, another piece is, you know, including faith and family and, and talking about that within our office, but also talking about how that needs to be more important than work. That's a really hard one. To do and it's a hard one even for me and I'm trying to lead from that place because things get busy and full and you get excited about all the work that we're doing it's fun what we do and and the times have been good the last few years and so there's a lot to reap right now and so we're trying to do that um, putting clients interest first um, follow up and follow through I think following up is one thing that people miss the mark on a lot and so using things like SVN Pro uh, or Apto or different models or, or products that help you keep up with your client relationship manager and really do that well and follow up and follow through and keeping up with people. When they say, call me back in a week, truly do it. Um, when they ask you for a listing agreement, send it to them, you know, do the things. It sounds really obvious, but just the blocking and tackling. Um, and then learn the numbers. I'm really big on underwriting and what it means to understand what's behind the deal and knowing that if you do a lease, how does that lease impact the value of a property? What does a net operating income really mean? 
what kind of rates of return are people really looking for and how do you underwrite a property to really be able to advise people and and know it for yourself and do the numbers that you're throwing out there do they even make sense and why do they make sense um knowing how to negotiate strategically is another thing um learning how to dream big think big um make a plan to do so and if you're dreaming big you still have to have a plan to get there uh and then one our word for this year is trust and so just really understanding what it means to build a team of trust that we can trust one another that we're not you know stabbing each other in the back or trying to steal each other's clients or whatever but we're cheering each other on and we're helping each other get better as a group and then lastly i'd just say having fun together we do a lot of fun things within the office and within the day we like to laugh a lot maybe sometimes too much but we really enjoy each other and we really enjoy being together and when things are tough or we're going through a difficult situation it seems like somebody always steps in and says something that we can laugh at or can kind of bring us back to reality as opposed to getting so caught up in the in the intensity that sometimes can feel that you're in when you're in sales or when things aren't going perfectly. So we, we do have a lot of fun together, eat meals together, shared experiences, all those kind of good things. Yeah. And Matt, I think what I believe is so unique about yourself is you really mentioned the word team a lot in this interview. And we know how much you care about the guys, everybody in your office, all the brokers, everybody that just makes uh, SVN stone commercial, what it is, what do you do to bring that SVN culture into your office? Whether it be, I know, I mean, whether if it's at Jumpstart, Managing Directors Conference, the annual conference, there's always somebody representing your office there. What do you do to really immerse everybody in that SVN culture? Sure. I really think about the two words that have always rung true in my mind since I very went to my very first Jumpstart as an advisor years ago and got to know John McDermott and you know, met Kevin and, and just really started to think through what it was, what was I really signing up for? And I think the first word was collaboration. Um, and the next word was transparency. And I think those two words have continued to be really important words in the SVN culture. They've also been really important in ours before me as well. So Steve Pulliam and John Bernal did a wonderful job can, knowing that that lined up with who they were and what their values were. They passed that on to me. Obviously, I got that from SVN from a corporate level as well and from a national level and getting to know other folks through the national um, meetings that we went to through different times where I would be with them, whether it was with SVN Elite or just the national conference, uh, regional conferences, managing directors conferences, all of those. But the collaboration and transparency is key. And I've been able to pull that in and continue that in our office. So I appreciate Steve and John and that I can stand on their shoulders. But it's also that I've I've really kind of taken that to another level and really talked about that and made that the way that we that we actually do things as opposed to just talking about it. And what that looks like practically a lot of times is actually collaborating on deals with people here in our office and collaborating really well, re, you know, locally and regionally. So we do a good job, I think, pushing the envelope here in Lexington, having other brokers that we're competitors with as friends and also, you know, having good, healthy community, but good, healthy um, camaraderie. And then we challenge each other because we, I mean, we're out there battling and we're, and we're trying to win listings from each other. We're trying to negotiate with each other. And it's not always easy, but I think we all respect one another when we're that way, when we collaborate. Um, and then the transparency as well, just trying to be real with people, trying to be honest, trying to advise our clients to let's shoot straight with, you know, buyers or sellers or tenants or landlords, whatever the case we're in, whatever scenario. Uh, and then the other two that I'd probably bring in that maybe aren't talked about quite as much in SVN in the past, but I think are now and really recently have been brought up a lot by Solomon and Kevin and Diane 
um, George, is just trust and the trust factor and then fun. So those are the other two words that I'd use that we really have in our culture that I feel like are now part of what is going on with SVN nationally. And there's a huge trust factor within our group here. And I think I have a huge trust for folks mostly across the country. There's always folks that you struggle getting to know or aren't quite sure about. But once you get to know people within the SVN culture and around the country with all of our offices, I feel like there's a high trust factor with one another and that we're all looking for out for the greater good of our clients and for one another so we can all grow. And that's been neat. And, and amidst that, you know, having a great time and enjoying what you do. Not everybody can say they enjoy their job and enjoy what they do. And there's tasks that we have to do and there's jobs that we have to get done. But I think overall, there's just a ton of fun that can be had when you come in with the right mindset. So Matt, this next question I actually stole from a different podcast, but I thought it might be very appropriate for especially a new advisor. So the question is, what was your greatest failure? Um, Meaning that a failure that eventually led to something good, a failure with a silver lining that you may not have seen at the time. I think one thing to mention is I've I've redefined success probably uh, over the last few years, or I shouldn't say probably, I have redefined it. And I think that's important for each person to process through what is my definition of success? Why is this job or task or situation going to be a thing that I check the box and say, this was successful? Because there's times where it doesn't turn out the way that you thought it would or turn out the way that anybody else thought it would. And it can still be a success, kind of like your the way you worded your question in that it, it still turned into something good, even when it was difficult in the moment. That can still be a success. Um, so processing that first. But from the standpoint of failure, I did. I ended up in a consulting role where I really uh, probably misrepresented myself and put myself in a position where I felt like I had to prove myself way too much and rubbed a lot of people the wrong way because of the way that I came in and almost seemed like somebody that knew more than I should. Or even if I did know some things, I kind of felt like I had to promote that and, and wear that on the outside instead of just being who I was, Try to, almost trying to be somebody that I wasn't. And so I guess my encouragement in that would be, the way I learned from it was, stop trying to be somebody different than who you really are, who you've been created to be. Understand what your true identity is and what your gifts are and lean into that. And, and no, there's nobody else that's exactly like you. And I think a lot of times we all, and I, I was absolutely guilty of this, I was trying to look the part. I was trying to be somebody else. And and just, again, asking God, like, what's a, what's a way I can act wisely in this scenario and where I can be me? You've created me to be something. Let me just go be it and do that. And, and I think things work out in the long run way better that way as opposed to not understanding where our identity is and trying to become someone else or look the part that maybe somebody else has giftings in. So that that was kind of one of my really, you know, difficult struggles and kind of a failure that I had. And it went on for a couple of years, really, as I look back in the way that I was operating and, and my definition of, of success was off. So it's a process um, to get there and to understand kind of what your definition is and, and what your identity is. But I think when you get there, uh, it leads to much more freedom um, in your career, but again, also in your life, not, not just your career, but you can really have more freedom in your whole life holistically, which is fun. Yeah, that's interesting you bring that up because it's funny. Almost every time I end one of my calls with Solomon, he just says, keeping you. And I think you kind of hit the nail on the head right there is just kind of stick to who you are. Uh, you know what you know and just be the person that you are. And I think people really recognize that when when you're being real and you're acting like yourself rather than trying to 
be somebody that you're not and kind of bite off more than you can chew. Yeah, for sure. So before we kind of wrap up today, we know you have the big 4-0 coming up tomorrow. <laughs> so with that being said, what is the key to making it all the way to 40 years old? And what would you tell a young buck, Matt Stone, fresh out of college, staring down a commission-only job in the face? If you could go back, what are some words of advice you'd tell yourself? Oh, that's great. And I appreciate you all kind of giving me a heads up on that question ahead of time because I was able to think a little bit more about that. Um, I'd really say three things and then I'll summarize with a couple thoughts. But number one, I would say give yourself time. Um, you know, when you walk into an all commission based job, whether it's within real estate or any sales type job, you you don't always walk in and start swinging for the fence. Sometimes you need to learn the tactical side of the business. You need to learn the definitions. So give yourself time. You need some buffer financially, because if you're going to go into all commission, either I have to have a wonderful, amazing, beautiful wife like Mandy. I want to get that shout out in there. Thank you all. Um, but in all seriousness, you have to have somebody like that who's backing you or, you know, your family. If you're really young and just out of school, uh, you might be able to uh, have some help from your family, um, your parents or whatever. But whatever the situation is, make sure you or maybe you've been in a job where you can build some um, some dollars up yourself. So buy yourself some time. Um, literally and figuratively and put yourself in position to take your time and grow the thing because deals will ultimately close, but it's not going to probably happen overnight. The second thing I'd say is ask really good questions. Um, ask questions of your mentors around you, of other people in the business, of other folks that have been in your shoes and pray for wisdom as you do that, as they answer those questions. What is it that I need to do to become who I am and uh, use the gifts that I have? What will work for me? And you know, what do I need to work on and what do I need to let go of? I think that's been the biggest one lately for me is that when I first got in the business, I want to say yes to everything. It's really easy to want to do that. But knowing that you only have a certain amount of time to work um, because you don't need to continue on, which will bring me to my third point, but you don't need to continue on working, you know, all night, every day, all weekend, all those kinds of things because you'll burn out. So making sure you say no to some things as well. Uh, and so that does lead me to a third point is just keeping your faith in your family ahead of your work. Again, super difficult. Another probably failure I could explain on, you know, my level. Many people could explain their failures on their level, but I've I've been really blessed to not take that too far and to be able to really put put my faith and family ahead of work most of the time, and especially in the past few years, and and having a family that gave me a lot of grace in the process of learning that. But if you'll do that, then you get yourself in a position where you've got people that have got your back so that when you do need to work and that when you do have to go a little bit harder, you've got people cheering you on and they're on your team as opposed to thinking, you know, you're just doing too much. So I know a lot of folks, and I'm sure you all do too, too, that have built a lot of wealth, a lot of worldly success, so to speak, but they don't have the people to share it with as they've either lost their family or people don't want to be around them or they just work too much. So they don't have time to build relationships. And um, again, I'm a work in progress in this place, but I'm striving to get to get to that place and, and to be in a place where I'm, you know, making that the first priority. Um, overall, I'd just say for anybody out there, truly use the folks around you, that team that you have, the people that you have. If you don't have a team, if you're out as a sole practitioner, find other people that you can create a peer group with or um, meet together in the mornings or have lunch with and talk through life and talk through your business and how you can um, network better and build relationships better and have a plan that you're going to work. Um, I believe that hard work does ultimately 
lead to great things. But I also believe that when we work hard, we need to trust God for the results. And if you can get into those team situations and those mentoring situations, you can have people that can help you work on that and talk you through when things are difficult and keep you grounded when things go really well. Um, the last thing, one of the last couple things I'd say is learn the numbers, really understand what the numbers mean, because a lot of folks get into this business and they just want to get to the commission. But if you can take time to get into things like CCIM 101 early in your career and learn how the NOI works and learn what cap rates mean and what rates of return really can do for people and how things can work from a underwriting standpoint, you can be a really strong advisor faster. And I'd love to see people do that more. And I, I feel like that's a trend that um, got lost a little bit in the downturn. And it would be really important to me um, with my guys, and a few of them have already started into that, to really start to understand and, and to go ahead and do CCIM 101. But just take the information that you've been given, understand who you are and kind of the gifts that you've been given, and take it to another level by asking great questions and by letting those mentors around you really help you grow. And remember that you've got a team around you of folks that, again, if you don't have it right in your office, that you do have peers or relationships around you that you can be a spearhead and get that together. So um, that, that would probably be my main pieces of advice. Give yourself time as one, two, ask great questions, and three, uh, keep your faith and family ahead of your work. Well said. Um, thank you again, Matt, for taking the time to sit down with us today. Um, and I hope you have a great 40th birthday tomorrow. Thank you very much. I appreciate you guys. It's been fun getting to know you both and hopefully we'll cross paths again soon in person. But uh, in the meantime, hopefully hope you all have a blessed day and enjoy yourselves. Absolutely. You too, Matt. Thanks for everything. And thank you for tuning into this episode of SVN On The Go. Join us next time for a podcast covering everything related to ICSC Las Vegas.